0: Hi, he's Jason Leisher. I'm Patrick Finley. Jason, we are sitting in the Cleveland Browns press box where the Bears just did something, uh, I want to say surprising, but not. Uh, They blew a big lead in the fourth quarter. We will get into all that and more coming up on Hallis Intrigue.
1: Think on your feet for our fast and curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events.
0: Jason, the Bears are 20 to 17 losers to the Browns after giving up 13 points in the fourth quarter. Uh, Their defense looked like world beaters up until that point. Their offense looked horrible all day. What do we make of this?
1: That's where they're at. This is reflective of what they are. Right. I don't I, th- I think much more so than the last game where they beat the Lions 28-13. Uh, that seems to be a good matchup for them, but if you're looking if you're looking, let's just talk about the offense for a minute. Mm-hmm. If you're looking at Luke Getzies' offense and you're looking at Justin Fields, nothing about this is really that shocking to you. Nothing about this is really an outlier when you look at them just punting All day, right? They managed three points, and you're sitting here thinking, like, oh, but they just just scored 28 against the Lions. Go back one game before that, Mm -hmm. just one game before that. Two games ago was the four field goal game against the Vikings that they almost lost ten to nine. Mm -hmm. Um, Fields, he goes uh, 19 of 40, 166 yards, one touchdown pass, two interceptions that you don't really count because they're heaves into the end zone. Uh, and almost lost a fumble, should have probably lost a fumble. He's very fortunate not to lose a fumble on that sack. That kind of fits in his normal trajectory. Other than the low completion percentage, he's been better than that. But how many times, Pat, have you seen Justin Fields struggle to get to 200 yards, struggle to move the offense, struggle to pass consistently? Mm-hmm. This is... Pre- struggle to get anybody but DJ Moore involved in the passing game. This is pretty normal for the Bears. And... They've upgraded a lot of things. There's a lot of things that are better than last season. The secondary is really good. Mm-hmm. The pass rush has gotten better since you brought in Montez Sweat. I think the offensive line is a little bit better. DJ Moore is a fantastic addition. He's their best player. But the core of this team, mm-hmm. the ultimate factor on how they're going to how successful they're going to be, is Iberflus, Getze, Fields, and not one of them looked like somebody you want to build around today.
0: We looked it up. Uh, Justin Fields has had 200 or more passing yards in what? 14 of 37 starts.
1: 200 or more. Yeah. I think it's 12 of 35. 12. Two thirds of the time he struggles. 35. He has struggled and not gotten to 200 yards. And by the way, like it's that's not many. not many. I'll
0: give you this. 200 stat. yards is not a lot. I'll give you this stat, and I used it in the Sun Times today. In the last three games against teams not named the Lions. The Bears have uh, had 36 possessions. You want to guess what the offense has produced in 36 possessions? 36? 36 possessions. How many touchdowns? Oh, my gosh. Guess.
1: Uh, One? Two.
0: Okay. Field goals.
1: How many field goals?
0: Five? Something like that? Eight. So, anyway, 36 drives. They produced two touchdowns and eight field goals uh, in the last three games. Uh, Heck
1: of a touchdown drive today!
0: <laughs> oh yard. my goodness! And it, that was oh, that wow. went one yard. Uh, I've was...
1: never seen anything like it. It's okay for it to be funny. Sure.
0: In the and in the book. first
1: and goal at the one after the Eddie Jackson return, <laughs> and it takes two and a half minutes of game clock right. for them to finally throw a touchdown pass. By the way, in which it was third down and
0: <laughs> six. It somehow. was the eighth
1: snap <laughs> from first and goal at the one, and Justin Fields backpedaled all the way to to the twenty. before he was able to move forward a little bit and throw it to Cole Komet. You want to talk about inartful offense. Wow.
0: That included um, two different penalties (coughs) that the Browns took for having too many men in the huddle. Two different ones. It wasn't
1: all on the Bears yeah. It was a good collaboration of awful.
0: There was a PI call on the Browns, and then it was a false start on Komet himself. Uh, In between, the Bears just plunged forward and got nothing twice with Deontay Foreman. Uh, It was just, I believe there was an incomplete pass to Mooney in there, too. It was just a mess all the way around. Jason, this offense to me is, um, is, you know, none of us think that it's top half of the league. But, boy, they didn't have to do much today to win a game, and they couldn't. No. you know, there were instances, and Justin Fields himself said it, you know, it's fourth and one, and he's diving in a pylon after getting tripped up on the sideline. If they get that, the game's probably different. You know, third and one, they run a fly sweep to Tyler Scott, who I might point out is one of the smaller, spindlier people on the field. Um, you know, definitely not the guy you want, the, you know, who you want carrying the ball on third and, in, in, you know, a yard. And he gets stuffed. And, and in both cases, that's a big momentum swing. I want to say that in the fourth quarter, until the very last drive, and we'll rehash the very last drive. But until that, the Bears had uh, 18 yards on 13 plays offensively. That's just that's if, as I like to say, Jason, if you just go lay me forward, just put the ball in my hand and have me lay down facing mm-hmm. forward, uh, we're gonna do better than that.
1: And this isn't the offense. This isn't the offensive personnel of last season. This still needs work, mm-hmm. personnel-wise, Ryan Poles-wise, right. But this is good enough to be better than this. This isn't the completely stripped down offensive personnel that the Bears had last season. This is, I would say, needs work, Mm -hmm. but reasonable. This is a reasonable collection of talent that they have on offense to be better than this. You cannot be a quarterback or an offensive coordinator or a head coach who needs everything to be perfect. I can only win, Pat, if you give me the Eagles roster or the 49ers roster. Well, yeah, anybody could do that.
0: Right. (laughs) <laughs> they wasted a really really good performance by the defense until the fourth quarter and, and what i still you know it's been a couple hours since the game ended i still can't wrap my mind around how bad the defense managed to be in the fourth quarter and you know it's the nfl teams get figured out all the time in the course of a game teams get you know offenses get hot but it seems like it doesn't happen to the Bears, it happens to everybody else. They, they had more yards and points in the fourth quarter, the Browns did, than they did in the first three quarters. Yeah,
1: and it's not like it was headed there all along. Because no. Joe, Flacco, Joe Flacco threw for 374 yards against the Bears, three, right. which is, what is it, the 10th best passing yardage total against them in 20 years? Yep. The last two decades, this was a top 10 passing performance, what you saw Joe Flacco do today. But Pat, he didn't look good. no. You're, you're sitting there wondering how did he possibly get to 374 because when you're watching him, he's like in slow motion. Everything is moving in slow motion. And he's 38. And he's I mean, he's was called out of forced retirement, right. I guess, to take this job. But to get lit up by that quarterback, that is so different than... Getting lit up by Matt Stafford or somebody over the well, last. Few
0: well, years. here's how you give up 374, or how you get to 374. You throw a, a little crosser to Amari Cooper, who turns up the right sideline and, and and runs for a 51-yard touchdown. You throw a, a deep ball to Marquise Goodwin. That Matt Eberflus said, "Boy, I screwed that up." I remember should've. him? Yeah, uh, one of the nicer guys we've.
1: Covered. Oh, we loved Marquise yeah. Goodwin. Yeah, remember Marquise Goodwin told us he's a vegetarian except for when he's not.
0: Yeah, I also like. I, I believe. Uh, he would always wear uh, his post game uh, outfits were good.
1: He always he he also told us he always wears white in November because it has some kind of meaning in his life. Right. Except for the times when he doesn't wear white in November. Yeah. He was a very interesting, likable, funny guy. But
0: but Eberflus goes, oh man, I should have just called the cover too. Been all right there. And uh, you know, there's there were just so many little mistakes there and. You know what's amazing is this all gets wiped out if the offense puts together one half decent drive in the fourth quarter. All of these mistakes, we we sit there and we go, eh, they won anyway. Yeah, but what if
1: they lost the fumble when Fields fumbled it at his own feet on a sack? I mean, there's but let's always... not praise them. Let's not
0: praise them for not turning the ball over. Like, let's, go ahead. like, um, and it comes down to a hail mary, Jason. The Bears get um, the. Um, the Browns march and score and kick a field goal uh, with 30 seconds or so left, giving the Bears the ball in a familiar place. You know, coming out at their at their 25 with or at their 20 with, no timeouts and uh, needing a prayer. They get a one prayer answered at least. They throw a pass down the sideline to Tyler Scott, who, you know, with half the Browns kind of thinking he was going to jump out of bounds right away, he he takes off for what 30 yards, and that gets the Bears. To the Browns, 45, with 15 seconds left and no timeouts. So what you need to do there, ideally, is throw a 15-yard pass, get out of bounds, kick a field goal, tie the game. Uh, They took a couple shots at that. It wasn't there. So it's 3rd and 10 with 5 seconds left. The Bears just decide to heave a Hail Mary. Justin Fields runs around, lets his guys go deep, throws it up. The ball gets tipped back into the arms of Darnell Mooney, who is laying on his back in the end zone gets his right hand on the ball, kind of bats it toward his left hand, gets his left hand on the ball. The ball shoots between his arms, uh, down his leg. He literally kicks it up into the air. It gets picked off by the Browns. Now, before we talk about the Hail Mary, I want to be very clear, Jason, neither you nor I um, are saying that they lost because of Darnell Mooney. We're not. What we're saying is they lost because they did 20 horrible things uh, in that fourth quarter.
1: I also I don't think either of us thinks, oh, that's a play you should make. No. Oh, make the play! Come on, it's that's not that's, would, not, that's not a drop.
0: It would be the, it would be the luckiest play I've seen the Bears make in the ten years I've yeah. seen them cover the team. That said, boy, you had a hail mary in both hands, laying in the end zone. We don't. I'm not saying he should have caught it, but it's a shame that he didn't. And it's a shame only in the sense that Mooney. Has just been, you know, it feels like he's been snake bit for Boy, two years. Boy, if anybody
1: needed that, if anybody needed this heroic play of the year game winner, it would be Darnell Mooney, who is having the worst season of his career mm-hmm. at the worst possible time as he's about to be a free agent. I think he has like 30 catches for 400 yards this year. Today, targeted eight times, two catches for 14 yards. Just hasn't happened for him at all. He's He was a thousand-yard receiver the year before this administration got here.
0: Mm-hmm. And his chemistry with Justin Fields just ain't there.
1: No, it's not.
0: And it's – and I, I, I wish – I think they both know it. Yeah. He gave a pretty full-throated defense of Justin Fields today, though, which I, I found interesting. He did. It, it was – Yeah, I,
1: while you're pulling that up, Donald Mooney, uh, when he talked about the final play today, he said it's just – would have been so crazy to get that. It would have been like this just wild – and he sat there on the on the field in the end zone – for a few seconds afterward and that's kind of what he was imagining imagining was this alternate right. reality where he caught the ball and what that would have been like um, but he, the way he described it it all happened so fast and he was falling during it he did not describe it as oh I should have had that I had my chance at that he described it as "That's that's the best flailing effort you can mm-hmm make on something like that, and it's not as easy as it looks.
0: He also said they're going to kill me on social media. He said they already were,
1: which I'm sure they are. (laughs) I'm sure they are. And, you know, that really is more the bubbling over of frustrations about his season because Darnell Mooney's frustrated, but so are the Bears and so are the Bears fans. They expected him to continue to be a star. It should also be
0: the frustrations about an offense that managed to produce one one one-yard touchdown and one field goal and nothing else. The whole game.
1: Hunt Uh, or turnover on downs on 11 of 15 possessions and eight three and outs in there.
0: Three and out on eight of 15. Um, Somebody, uh, he was asked this question, Mooney was, by a local reporter, presumably writing a Justin Fields comes back to Ohio story. Um, And he asked about uh, Fields being the quarterback of the future. This is what Mooney said, and I quote, Justin is the quarterback of the future. He's the franchise quarterback. He's been balling. I don't understand why there are any more questions about that. Obviously we have the first round pick because of Carolina right now. Justin's a dog. If he's not here, he'll be somewhere else balling. I'm not sure uh, I'm not the guy to make those decisions. Justin's a dog. So wherever he'll be, if he's not here, somewhere else, he's still going to ball. Beginning to think he's going to be somewhere else, Jason.
1: Yeah, and this is something we've talked about with him and with the with Iberflus and with the team at large. You can sit here and say, "Okay, things have gotten better." Mm-hmm. but not better enough. Right, And you are having to project where it will go right. with everybody, mm-hmm. with everyone on this team, but specifically with Iberflues, Getzy, and Fields. And Fields, across the board, his numbers are incrementally better from last season. Mm-hmm. But this is still well within his... This game that he played today against the Browns is still well within his plausible range of what to expect. This was not a shockingly bad game for Justin Fields. This is kind of in the zone of what you see from him at times.
0: It's it, it, There are apples and oranges in terms of almost everything. But Joe Flacco got his butt kicked for three quarters and found a way to win. Justin Fields at any point could have done that and didn't. Um, that's That's the difference between a veteran, a guy who's won a Super Bowl, and a guy who hasn't. That's also, you know, I think your average NFL quarterback, if given 15 drives, is going to do better than this.
1: It's not just Joe Flacco. It's Mm -hmm. all these quarterbacks you ever see. Right. And they all manage to... There's so many of these quarterbacks that step in, Mm -hmm. pet. Not even Joe Flacco types. They could be much younger. Baker Mayfield just turned up with the Rams in the middle of the season last year. And they don't struggle to reach 200 yards the way that Justin Fields does as a passer.
0: What I want to i want to ask you this, and then we can get out of here if you'd like. Unless you have game balls or something to give out. Um, no? No game balls? What does this game do for, in order, Eberflus, Getzy, and Justin? Let's start with Iberflus and Justin. We'll take them as a pair. Eberflus and... No, I'm sorry. Getsy and Justin. We'll take uh, them as, okay. as a pair.
1: Yeah, I think we're so far past the point of trying to figure out if that works. That definitively doesn't work. Right. And whether uh, Getze is scheming around Fields or hindering Fields, Mm -hmm. either way does not work. They cannot both come back. It is pretty clear at this point that neither of them should come back. This isn't working. You couldn't let Luke Getze coach Justin Fields for another season. And what about the last two years tells you that if you're drafting a quarterback number one overall, that Luke Getze is the guy that you should hand him to?
0: I think it depends what Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus think about Justin Fields behind closed doors.
1: Okay, but here's what I like about the way things are shaping up because it forces them to make a decision.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Whichever way they want to go. Right. Ryan Poles is at a point where this will be the pivotal, this will be the make or break offseason of his time with the Bears. Mm-hmm. And he better be so, if he wants to run it back with this group, Right. He better have such an, and not draft a quarterback and use those picks, trade them away yeah. and parlay them into more picks and use them to supplement wide receiver and offensive line and pass rusher and whatever, instead of taking a quarterback. He better have so much conviction that he's willing to bet his job on it because that's what he'll be doing. And if Ryan Poles wants to do that, if he believes that much, he says, no, I know something that you guys don't. Mm-hmm. I am that committed and that convinced that this is the way to go with any one of the three, really. Mm-hmm. Not just, not necessarily, it doesn't have to be all of them collectively, with any one of the three.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, okay. I, I'm interested to watch that play mm-hmm. out. You want to ride with the group that we've seen so far, I am here to watch that and see how that goes. And man, if he's right, great. But I don't know what tells you that that would be the right way to go. So you're what you're saying is basically that polls would have to have this conviction in something that he has seen from Fields that we have not seen at all during games for three years.
0: Either Getze's the problem and and the reason why Fields isn't making the next step or Fields is the problem and the reason why Getze's offense uh, hasn't taken hold. I I don't think it's coincidental that when they're at their best, it's because they're running the football. Um, I I think Getze likes to be multiple. I think Getze likes a quarterback that can do everything, and I think Justin needs to be very specific and how you game plan for him. Now, with Matt Eberflus, obviously winning is better than losing if you're trying to make a case for, for Eberflus sticking around. If
1: he'd come out of here with a 17-7 win, mm-hmm. which is what their lead was in the fourth quarter, mm-hmm. that's a net positive for him. It's not perfect. Right. There are other factors to consider than just that they won, but that would have been a net positive in terms of him staying.
0: Does the dominant play of the defense for three quarters, even with this, it slipping away in the fourth, speak at all to to Matt Iberfluss speak well of Matt Iberflus, I guess my question
1: it does I I go bigger than that though Patrick and you've pointed out that one of the things that got Matt and Nagy fired was that he wasn't even doing a good job with his field of expertise
0: they were good at what he was good at yeah right
1: this team at least since they got Montez Sweat and Iberflus was able to call the defense that he wants to call has looked Really good on defense. Mm-hmm. But if that's all he is, is just a good defensive coordinator, mm-hmm. I, that's not enough. I mean, that's not what the head job is. A defensive-minded coach can get fired for the offensive. Sure. For the offense being bad. Oh, sure. And I don't know you know, if Matt Eberflus doesn't know how to intervene in the offense, mm-hmm. or if he doesn't have time because right. he's filling in for Allen Williams. Uh, that's a self-created problem, even... You know, no matter how you want to look at that, that's a guy that he hired that left, that now he's having to fill the duties of. Um, you know, I just don't know that that's enough. That's what I'm saying though is that I like this. I like that the stakes raise it to a level where Ryan Poles has to really have conviction mm-hmm. because we didn't have any stakes last season. Right. Last season, had, no. Who who was grilling Matt Eberflus and Ryan Poles about being three and 14? Right. It doesn't matter. It was a right. burn down year. This year, it's been heightened. And going forward, I mean, next year is a year where if it goes bad again, Ryan Poles could be out. And he better be that sure of Matt Eberflus. Because this is really, if you wanted to pivot, just come with me on that for a okay. minute. If you wanted to pivot, if you're Ryan Poles and you're looking at this saying too much about this isn't right, mm-hmm. this is a really good time to do it. You, have, This is a prime chance to redirect in this offseason with the cap space and with the probably the number one and like number five draft picks and a really good crop of coaching candidates available like Ben Johnson from the Lions, people like that, man, there's, this is the time.
0: It would be the time to put your head coach on the same timeline as your quarterback, which Which is is long overdue, which is something the bears have not done before. I still, Jason, I, 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 can't shake the feeling that three weeks from Monday, there's a press conference in which Matt Eberflus has been retained and maybe his coaching staff and his quarterback eventually is not retained.
1: So Iberflus stays, Getsy and Fields are out.
0: Yeah, some version of that. Yeah. yeah. I mean
1: I could see that. This is the thing though. This is why I like all the stakes to this, because it makes you make a real decision mm-hmm. if you're Ryan Poles. It can't just be well, I like Matt Iberfluss. Right. He's a nice guy. I think he's trying hard. Mm-hmm. It's no no no. You're gonna bet your own job on this. Right. Because if it if you stick with him, at a time where you have a very viable alternative and it doesn't work out, then you're going to be out with
0: them. Here's what makes it even more fun. If you hire a new coach, if you're Ryan Poles, you probably buy yourself another three years minimum.
1: New coach, new quarterback, you'd buy yourself more time. Yeah. We, we haven't seen Ryan Poles in that situation yet. We yeah. saw Ryan Pace in that situation a lot toward the end yeah. where you have to weigh these interests of what's best for me versus what's best for the team and, and Ryan Poles hasn't been there yet
0: and, and I'll say this and I said this in the moment I will give Ryan Pace this credit for this and this only he could have not drafted Justin Fields and said we just got to win as many games this year as mm-hmm. possible mm-hmm. but he did I think he did what he thought was best for the franchise big picture whether it worked out or not it's a different a different conversation but when it, I mean he drafted a long-term play when he didn't have the time to have a long term he, play. He, didn't, he
1: was not in a situation um, in which we knew at the time he wouldn't be in the situation like you're describing with polls, where right. you could buy yourself three more years by doing that. Right. He knew that it was now or never because he had been fortunate to keep his job from the year before.
0: Right.
1: Jason, we haven't seen Ryan Poles in that position yet. It's a conflict of interest. It's tough. What's best for me versus what's best for a team I might not be in charge of? At the end of this? It's also... Uh, I'd be interested to see him in that spot if it gets to that point.
0: And time moves fast in the NFL. He's at the end of his second season, and we're already in... Does he have to worry about self-preservation mode uh, conversations?
1: Not unfairly. It's gone that badly.
0: Yeah, but I... They're 8-23.
1: I, I, I think
0: it was intentionally bad last year. though. What about this year? <laughs> yeah, well, that's the problem. They're 5-9 this so year. That's the problem. Um, Jason, <laughs> we will uh, be back later in the week to talk about this, and then um, we will promise you, the listener the world's most um, abbreviated podcast on Christmas Eve. Or maybe not, depending.
1: We'll see how much uh, eggnog we get into then.
0: (laughs) Until then, you can follow Jason, Mark Potash, and myself on the Sun-Times website, app, and in print. If you live in town, check us out on social media as well. He's Jason Leisure. I'm Patrick Finley. Thanks so much for listening. We will be back again real soon.